October 1st, 2022. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Listening to the creatures of the night as they sing. I am Dracula. <laughs> Welcome to October, the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. Hello, Gladys. You will let me know when you listen to this podcast. oceans of time just to do this podcast welcome to the dr zeus film podcast that of course was the parody of dracula done so brilliantly on in living color 30 years ago by jim carrey and academy award winner jimmy fox isn't that wild that many of the people from in living color are these big movie stars and we can't say that about SNL. That's why partly in the 90s, as a teenager, I watched In Living Color. But the film that we're going to talk about is, this is not your grandparents' Dracula. This is very sexual. It is very, I mean, some of the some of the stuff that's in, Dra- and this is Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis. Port Coppola. And I mean, <laughs> whenever they played on television, I remember growing up, they really had to edit the fuck out of this thing. But here we go. Here's a taste of it. Irresistible. I have never met any man with such a passion for life. 
he is unlike any man. What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. He can take on many forms. He is both young and old. He can appear as mist, as vapor, as the fog. And he can vanish at will. The power of his evil desire has no end. You could murder him. You could love him. He is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. He is the devil's concubine. Join me in the eternal fire. The salvation is his destruction. Now, 30 years ago, that film really, well, how can I put it? It was a different kind of Dracula. It wasn't the Dracula of the 1930s. It wasn't the Dracula starring the amazing Christopher Lee. This was a very erotic Dracula brought to life by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman has said that. He wanted to play that role just from the just to say I've crossed oceans of time to find you. It's true. Um, and then uh, there was Nosferatu, which came out in the 1920s, directed by F.W. Murnau. In fact, that film, the widow of Bram Stoker, sued and won. And so Nosferatu existed in circulation as a bootleg, and it has and it stood the test of time. But this Dracula, oh my goodness, released on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety-two. This isn't the Bodyguard. <laughs> it did very well. Now that cast, I mean, you've got you've got Gary Oldman as Count Dracula, Vlad the Impaler. Winona Ryder is Meaner Harker, Harker and Elizabetha. Anthony Hopkins is Professor Abraham Van Helsink, the priest and principal narrator. Ke- uh, Keanu Reeves is Jonathan Harker. Robert Richard E. Grant is Dr. Jack Seward. Carrie Ells as Lord Arthur Holmwood. Billy Campbell as Quincy P. Morris. Sadie Frost as Lucy Winsterna. Tom Waits is R.W. Reinfeld. Monica Bellucci is Dracula's Bride. M- uh, Michaela Barica is Dracula's Bride. F- Florina Kendrick is Dracula's Bride. Jay Robinson is Mr. Hawkins. Oh my God, this film. This film is just uh, crazy. Sexual. It's very sexual. <laughs> Um, 
But what Francis Ford Coppola did was just crazy. And people enjoyed it for all manners of things. It won a Best Costume Design, Best Sound Effects, Best Makeup uh, Academy Awards. Uh, this this is just this is just a, a crazy film, and um, the legacy of it. The film had a considerable impact on popular culture and vampire representation in media. Costume design by Iko Irico created a new image for the Count, and for the first time, freed him from the black cape and evening wear the character had become associated with since Bela Lugosi's portrayal in 1931. The film has also landmark in vampire horror as it is the only Dracula adaption to win Oscars. The film is seen as a game changer by many critics, which established a tone and style that redefined cinematic vampires. It created a host of new vampire film tropes like retractable fangs, vampires turning into literal Batman, and a steampunk aesthetic. Bram Stoker's Dracula, it, it partisans contend, significant in the way that the exorcist and the shining were significant and showing that a horror story can be worthy of an a-less cast and production values that is truly imaginative direct a filmmaker can take a story as honorary as dracula and give it a new luster the new mel brooks comedy dracula dead and loving it starring as starring leslie nielsen is a direct parody of the movie with the count's costume and scenes from the dracula being intent uh, Fox's comedy series in Living Color, uh, December skit, Bram Stoker's Wanda spoops the film with Jim Carrey playing Dracula. It was amazing. My goodness. Yeah. Wasn't there a vampire in Brooklyn, too? Oh, The Simpsons did it, too. Um, this is just, it's a legendary film. And you've got this cast, I mean, who would go on to you. Look at Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was so well known for inhabiting these characters and um, later would inhabit Winston Churchill and won an Oscar for it. But Gary Oldman probably is one of the most chameleon-like actors in cinema. He he really is transformative. I want it, I want Gary to talk in his own words. Because of Francis, um, most of the work, nearly all the work I've done, has always been incoming. You know, an incoming call. It's not. I've not uh, pursued roles or certain what once was um, Hannibal, Ridley Scott, and I and I heard he had not cast that role and i made a and i i m made a phone call and uh, i think he offered it to me over the phone and then i called my manager and said i'm i think ridley's just offered me hannibal um it was the first time it's ever but most of my career has just been things that were incoming so it was never on a bucket list it was never sort of like oh i've got to play dracula <laughs> It was the fact that it was, um, uh, and I thought a, a, a lovely sort of take, a, a, a take on a very familiar character, um, bringing in the sort of lad 
element to it, the sort of Vladdy and Paolo and this wonderful love story. Um, but the fact that it was Francis Ford Coppola, who is, in my in my humble opinion, are, are arguably one of the greatest American directors who's ever, who's, who's, who's well, who's living. You know, um, I have been such a, 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 an admirer of his work, so it was a real no-brainer, that one. I went to, uh, I went to Napa and auditioned, and, um, uh, yeah, got the got 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 the part. <laughs> you know, the behind the scenes of Dracula is uh very interesting because you see I mean this these filmmakers are true professionals and the way they just do it. Um, story differs from age to age. Yeah. Because we are influenced by our culture. I want to go to it. Here we go. Here's some of the footage. Autumn in New York is so inviting. I mean, this, the, the summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. I mean, it's and just and all those feelings that you feel. You will be cursed to. You will be cursed as I am. You will be cursed as I am to walk in the shadow. You will be cursed as I am to walk in the shadow of death for all eternity. I love you too much to be them. No, oh, I cannot let this be. Yes, I don't care. Mingling. You will be cursed as I am to walk in the shadow of death for all eternity. It's only love that brings the sweet thoughts and the pure thoughts, and, the, and ultimately, love conquers death. Love, love conquers everything. And suddenly, these ideas come. And I said to him, I, uh, next day, we started. He whispered to me something of your Jonathan Harker. He's, it's, it's, it's it. And at night, we had dinner. It was some of the best days of my life. I was, you know, with some of the greatest actor people. I remember there was some dicey moments. There was, if you, you remember, there was a scene where the coachman is arriving there in Transylvania, and uh, Jonathan Harker is standing some distance away. And in the book, it describes the coachman, who was really Dracula, dressed as a coachman, extending his arm and then the arm just keeps going and going and going, and he picks up Jonathan Harker, and he puts him back into the coach. And, you know, no one knew how to do that. I didn't know how to do it. And, and, and the typical uh, movie guys, you know, say, well, we'll do some sort of optical later. And I really challenged the live action. Uh, remember that? Who was the live action? Michael and Terry. Michael and Terry. He was so talented. And what they did, think of how brilliant that finally, you know, where everything was a little stopped and how are we going to do this? And, 
and should we just forget about it and do it later with CG, which is the problem with CG. And what this Michael Lentieri did is he put the coachman uh, at the foot of a Chapman crane. So as it stopped, he really wasn't sitting on the cab of the thing. And Jonathan Harker was standing over there. The camera didn't see the crane, but as he reached his hand, the camera went with the hand. And of course, it, the guy was on the crane. So the whole crane was moving and he grabbed him by the shoulder and then there was a rig to throw him in. And it was basically shot live action. There was no, it was just an illusion. And there were, many, there were a number of things like that that were especially gratifying to think that, you know, we figured out a way to do it without an effect after the fact. And that's Francis Ford Coppola, the amazing Francis Ford Coppola, who recreated Bram Stoker's Dracula for the modern era. I mean, we all love it. And that Gary Oldman's rationale for playing Count Dracula was to say, I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Although in the In Living Color version, Jim Carrey says, I have crossed oceans of time to be to find you. Hey, what up? You could have just called. Yep. Oh my god, this film, this the aesthetic aesthetics of Dracula. And then there also is Nosferatu. Nosferatu, which really redefined the story of Dracula. And you think of Brand, they had made, I think, a silent version of it, of Dracula. But Nosferatu really opened up a new thing within it. In fact, there is a film based off of the making of Nosferatu called Shadow of the Vampire, where Wilhelm, is that how you say his name? Wilhelm Dafoe plays Count Orlock, or the actor that is playing Nosferatu. And so, I mean, they're all interconnected. That, that is the beauty of these arts that we talk about. And yes, of course, it all derives from that novel written by that Irishman, Bram Stoker. And so this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast for the beginning of October. There are so many scary films that we could talk about. And then there are films that are not necessarily horror films. When I was a kid, the film that freaked me out was Jaws. Because what happens? A little kid gets eaten. And then the music and the, uh, the, the, just the whole thing of Steven Spielberg's Jaws. The fact that the animatronic shark Bruce wouldn't work. And so that's why you see very little of him until the middle of the film. Huh, it's Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. And like Dickens, we all wrestle with ghosts. We all try to cull the dead, shall we say. And so at the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast, I say this. Hello, Clarice. People will say we're in love. Anthrax Island. That was your idea? Yes, that was good. Pity about Paul Catherine, though. Tick tock, tick tock. Your anagrams are showing, Doctor. Lewis Friend, 
also known as Fultup Goth. Oh, that's the problem with you, Clarice. You need to have more fun in life. You were orphaned. You were 10 years old. And what did you see? Lambs. And they were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs. And they were screaming. And you feel that if you save poor Catherine, you won't ever wake up in the dark again and hear the screaming of the lambs. Yes. Dr. Chilton, I presume. Tell me his name, doctor. Brave little Clarice. You will let me know when those lambs stop screaming now, won't you? Clarice! Your case file. Bye-bye. You're going to catch him, aren't you? You know, you look, you know what you look like with your cheap handbag? Your nice shoes? You look like a rube. And so that is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, Unpleasant Dreams.